We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I know what you're doing, Sean, and we'll get to that important question for Chris Sale with regard to which big booty mix is the GOAT. But Chris Sale joins us right now. Three sleeps, as LB used to say, until Major League Baseball opening day, and Chris Sale joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey, Chris. How we doing, guys? What's going on? Sitting here in sunny southwest Florida talking to some great guys over the phone. Oh, well, we're delighted to have you on. Um, I'll get to the big booty mix question later. Um, but, <laughs> I, I, I noticed the intro and appreciated that. Yeah. Oh, so he's a volume um, 11 guy. But but well, then you want to get right into well, it? Well, I mean, the, he's at, he, uh, the, Chris, they didn't understand that big booty mix had a bunch of volumes. So in my opinion, volume 11 is the goat. But I know, you know, people have different ideas when it comes to that. So which booty mix were you talking about? Uh, well, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because 11, 11 is one of the go-tos. 11 and uh, 18 <laughs> All right, are, there the, you go. Uh, are the two probably most played in, in our weight room clubhouse area. So There you go. Uh, but just, just fun. You know, it's, it's like the perfect – they're generally between, you know, right around an hour long. So uh, <laughs> if you need more than that, you can get more. But generally that will do the trick. Yeah, so that's that's really just what Major League Baseball needs is uh, for you guys to adopt a, a new theme song, which is an hour long. It'll make the game longer. That would be a good thing for baseball, Chris. <laughs> uh, that's what we're trying to do, right? <laughs> Chris, when you when you look at this season, and I I think we've kind of talked about this before, just the expectations that athletes put on themselves. And a guy like you who's considered an ace and looked at as being, you know, we we talk about it all the time, you know, where this team goes, depending, a lot depends on what Chris Sale is. How do you feel heading into this season? I know, you know, physically coming off of the uh, surgery and, you know, having some innings where you pitched last year. What's your physical uh, feeling and your mental state heading into the season on what you are putting on yourself? I feel really good. Obviously, you know, with what happened last year, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty good boost for us as, as a whole. Um, you know, to start this, a year ago, you know, from where we sit right now, uh, you know, people were painting a different picture about us and, you know, obviously the team went out and did what they had to do. And then obviously when I, when I came back, um, you know, the guys were rolling and I was just trying to be a part of that. So building some steam off of that, you know, building some momentum, um, you know, there's, there's not a single thing that we did last year that's going to help us uh, other than using that momentum of knowing who we are, what we're capable of and just knowing what we have inside this clubhouse is something special and we can, we can do some damage with that. 
Any idea when you'll be able to start throwing off a mound? Uh, off a mound, I don't know. I do know that I should start throwing probably sometime this week, um, if not early next week. And then from there, we just kind of ride it out, you know, the throwing progression of, you know, stretching it out, uh, getting off of the mound, facing hitters, and then getting into a game eventually after that. Chris, I know you said that you feel good and, and uh, the the MRI was pretty clean for you. Uh, how hard is it when it's something like a rib where you can't have a cast on it or, or anything like that to not put yourself in a position where you're trying to come back too soon? Obviously, you have a great training staff. I'm sure you see a bunch of doctors that can give their input. But when you feel good, how hard is it to not, you know, push yourself too hard? Well, that's, that's actually a really good question because with this, um, I, I feel better than I actually am is what I'm told. You know, I'm, I'm going to feel like I can do things that I'm probably not supposed to do yet. So, for instance, like I felt like, you know, about a week ago is when I really could have started throwing, and that's how I just – that's how I felt. I said, you know, this thing's getting a lot better. Um, I feel like I'm ready for this next step. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good and a bad thing because it's good because I'm feeling better and it means that we're progressing. But, uh, you know, sometimes you, you can – you feel a certain way, but your body's still not ready for it. And I think that's kind of where we were at over the last few days, and uh, we're going to – start transitioning out of that and getting into more uh, baseball activity soon. Will you stay in Florida? Or are you going to travel with the team to New York? I'm not going to travel with the team to New York. Um, I'll, I'll stay down here. I, I might meet the team when they get back to Boston uh, just for a check-in. Um, but they're flying. They're coming back down to Tampa right after that. So I'm not – we haven't made really concrete plans yet. We haven't set anything in stone. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of a we, – we have some ideas. Speaking of New York, what is the worst? What is the worst thing that you've heard from a from a Yankee fan uh, uh, as a member of the, as a member of the Red Sox? Oh, um, I really don't know. I mean, I, as crazy as it is, like I, I get, I'm amused by it, but I don't really hear it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's. I mean, I'm sure they say. I mean, you can only imagine. You know, I've seen I've seen them throw things at some of my team. You know, beer cans and things like that. Um, but even if I did remember, I highly doubt I could say it over over a telephone. <laughs> I'm not on the radio. radio. Uh, but it, you know, hey, it's, they they pay their money to go there and watch their team play, and if they want to call me whatever they want to call me, go for it. Oh, I like it. Chris, when you when you look at, you know, this season starting with a little bit of a lockout and, you know, pitchers usually need some time to get going. What's the general like timeline for a pitcher to where, you know, you feel like you are kind of hitting your stride? Uh, That's probably different for most people. Um, There's some guys that, you know, feel more mechanical, some guys that aren't very mechanical, some guys feel. Like, you know, they need, you know, five or six outings. Some people feel like they just need, you know, two or three outings. Um, it kind of varies for everybody. And I think the more you do it, the more you kind of figure out what you need and when you need it. Plus, I, I also think with just kind of the evolution of training and, and what we've seen in baseball, guys are taking a lot more initiative in the offseason um, with, their, with their training, with their specific focus on the needs that – they didn't meet either the year before or something that they have coming up. 
uh, transitioning from you know uh, you know reliever to a starter, vice versa, or whatever the case may be. Um, there's a lot more training that goes on in the off season now, which I think prepares guys much better for spring training. Because I, I, there's not a single person here, or even over the last handful of years, anyways, um, that you talk to anymore, and they say, "Oh yeah, the first baseball I pick up is in spring training." Well, that used to happen a lot, you know, years ago. Um, but guys are, you know, more focused now, so I think that's starting to become less and less. Uh, word that Major League Baseball is playing around with tech that would allow catchers to electronically signal. Uh, pitchers, uh, how, would you be okay with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cool with whatever. I just, I just want to play. Um, I, that doesn't bother me. I, it, it, the, the reason why we have to do that bothers me more than the actual thing itself. Um, you know, I, my, I have a. a uh, now, you know, we, we, it's like we got the FBI, we got the CIA, we're training, you know, and, 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 you know, Gilly, it's, it's, it's amazing. Some of the things that we have to, the hoops that we have to jump through, but hey, it is what it is. It's part of the game. And, you know, you, you adjust and conquer. Uh, never mind worrying what comes out of the, the uh, potty mouth Yankee fans. You just dropped the S bomb right here on the radio. <laughs> That's the Thai law. Uh, oh, swear uh, swear jar. <laughs> Well, I'm, I guess that just makes me as bad as them. <laughs> so, Chris, that's an interesting thing to think about when you say how the game has kind of changed differently. But isn't, like, a part of, you know, as a former player, isn't, like, trying to look for, like, the little advantages, whether it's stealing signs? And I know there's a line you don't cross, but isn't that really, like, part of the game? Yeah, it's part of the game. Um, but I think doing it the old-fashioned way is part of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if you just figure it out on your own during the middle of the game or if you see a pitcher tipping or if a hitter's doing something or a catcher's doing, you know, there, there's been some tactics, if you will, over the last few years that, you know, it's, it's out, you know, it's, it's come out in the media and, um, you know, those are the things that we're trying to combat right now. And, um, you know, hey, like I said, it is what it is. You, you, you deal with it and move on. Um, yeah, I mean, so you would be somebody who would agree with Beltran when he says that that that, that Astros uh, World Series win is tainted then. Man, you're asking me some good questions at 7.55 in the morning, man. <laughs> guy's just trying to have his coffee. And... Well, I, mean, I, I don't he's... drink coffee. I'm just trying to enjoy my water, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's the, he's the here, one who said I, it. I don't know, man. It, it, here, here's the thing, and I'm going to give you my honest opinion. If the Astros were the only team doing it, then, yeah, you know, give it back. Take it back. I know for a fact they weren't. So, you know, you, you all these people pointing fingers. Well, hey, take a check in the mirror real quick. You know, make sure that you and your team weren't doing something. Um, and what they did was wrong. And, I, and I'm not trying to condone it, but, yeah. I mean, shoot, we're talking five years ago now. And we're still talking about this stuff. Um, I'd like to kind of turn the page on it, but, it, it, you know, it happened. They dealt with it. There's nothing you can really do about it now, sitting here where we are. Um, so you just kind of move on from it. Okay. 
Chris, when you look at the difference between just a few months ago and now between the players and owners and how that all played out with the lockout, once it was over, do you think that it's helped with communication moving forward inside of a in a clubhouse? Are players still talking about what all went down? And do you think it's opened more conversation maybe than what you guys have had in the past when it comes to ownership? Uh, yeah, I, I think, well, no, we're like, we're not talking about it much anymore. Um, you know, the first, first few days, first week or so is a, is a hot topic, but, um, for me, I did two things. I, I really appreciated the camaraderie and, you know, seeing us as a union, as a group, as, as, a, as one, you know, all players were cross major league baseball being one together that was really cool to see and how involved uh everybody was and uh that was really good to see and then on the other side of that i think once we got this spring training it was like we you go through you go through all this stuff and it you know there's, there's obviously there's a lot of friction over the off season and you get to the end of it you get a deal done and i think most guys were just appreciative of that just getting it done and I, every single guy I talked to is like, man, we just want to play baseball. We're not, we're not business people. You know, if, I, I say this a lot, but if, if, if we were smart, we'd have real jobs. That's why we're ball players. So we just <laughs> want to play baseball. That's it. You know? And I think guys were just so appreciative of having that back that, you know, it was, it was easy to kind of get it done and push it to the side. Chris, like one of the one of the things that you, you kind of talked about is just like the game, and I think one of the things a lot of fans, you know, especially some of the younger fans, is like the the pace of the game. What is what would be some of the ideas like or or things that you would want to see done that maybe could speed up the game? Are you in favor for like pitch clock, or um, are you in favor for eliminating the shift? Uh, are there specific things that maybe um, that we don't even know about that players would like to see happen in the seven inning doubleheaders that they'd like to see happen in baseball? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think a little bit of that pace of play is um, a little dramatic. I, you know, I I mean, really, guys, are we talking about if if we could make the game an hour and a half, then yeah, we, we're 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 cooking. Uh, but the difference between a three-hour and 18-minute game and a two-hour and 58-minute game, you're not going to notice that, you know, or it, it, for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so pace of play really would be something if if we could cut like an hour out of the game. Um, you know, if you're talking about knocking 12 minutes out of a three-and-a-half, three, three-and-a-half endeavor, like you're kind of talking about, you know, pennies at that point. Uh, you know, it, I know guys have routines, and, and, you know, I'm not very sensitive to those. Um, if you're on the mound, get the ball and throw it. If you're in the box, you know, when when was Velcro invented? Why why How come we can't figure something out to put Velcro at once and we don't have to redo it every other time? Um, I, think, I think the responsibility, honestly, falls just on the players playing at the time. You know, pitchers cleaning off their cleats, you know, Saying a little prayer, you know, rubbing up the ball and fixing the dirt, fixing their hat, checking their hair, hitters, you know, unvelcroed, you know, you know, doing all these different things. You know, stay in the box, stay on the mound. Don't, if, if if you step out of the box, it's a strike. If if you touch the grass, it's a ball. That that's my idea mm. of, of of speeding it up. But like I said, I'm a very simple person. I'm a ball player, so you know, don't don't hold me, don't hold me to court on these things. But I just think. 
get the ball, throw it, step in the box, and hit it. Chris, though, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you have a son who plays baseball, and you're around kids who the attention span is a nanosecond. So if it is 18 minutes, they can cut off the game? Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's 18 less minutes people have to change the channel. I feel like the current players are doing such damage to the next generation of players by being so, so slow to fix such clear needs in terms of the way the game is being broadcast. No question. No question, because I watch Little League Baseball three times a week, man. And, I mean, you're, I, got, I got five pitches getting thrown in a span of, you know, 18 seconds. And it's, it really is just that. Like, it, it, once you pitch the ball as a pitcher, the catcher's going to catch it. He's going to throw it back to you. What else do you have to do out there other than pitching? You know, so, like, and I see it. So, the little, you know, the little guys, they're – they're not thinking about how cool they look or who's watching them or the you know their their necklaces getting tangled together or whatever. It's we're here playing baseball and they catch the ball. He stands right back on the mound, comes set. The batter doesn't even get out of the box. <laughs> He's just standing there ready to go the whole time. And those games are quicker. And I just think that little like like that like the pitch clock I guess you brought up earlier. Um, I think those things would help. But again, like I said, those are my opinions because I don't really have routines and I would be okay with, you know, hey, get the ball and go. Chris, when you look at a reasonable number of guys who have an uncertain future here, whether it's Bogarts or Evaldi or, or Devers, any kind of a feeling on this team that this is a, uh, a last kind of run with this group of guys at a World Series? No, 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 no. No chance. Um, I understand the, the nature of the beast and the, and the business that we that we are also around, but um, I'm just gonna say it. I, I, we gotta keep bogey. <laughs> we got to. Um, and I and I and I and I truly believe the Red Sox will find a way. Um, and with Rafi, you know, they they obviously have a couple more years with that. Nate, you know, I don't know what else I could say about him, but, I mean, he's, he's held it down. I mean, you look at what he's done since he's got here. He helped us win a World Series. Um, he's only been really, really good for us ever since then. He's, he's been the ace of this staff for three-plus three years now, um, you know, and having to deal with things um, as they come and being a leader of that group, so – He's another guy. I mean, it, it, like I understand your question, but I, I think that we have enough guys around here that know what these guys mean to this organization and what they mean to the success moving forward. And you know, I, maybe I'm wishful thinking. I'm, 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 I obviously have a biased opinion because I've, I've played with these guys. They're friends of mine. They're brothers of mine, and I'd love to see them stand. So I'm just going to go ahead and say we're going to keep them all. <laughs> All right, if Hyam Bloom is listening, yeah, he's listening. So I'm a little mad about that. But did, did like for the the story deal that Trevor Story, did that surprise you based on kind of what is said about the way Hyam builds teams from within? Hyam's been a GM for what like two years, so we ha- we know exactly how this guy constructs a team. I mean, <laughs> you're giving this guy three moves in a chess game, and you've just figured his whole game out. <laughs> Right, Chris, Seriously, think about that. When, yeah. when was he? The, what was 2020 was the first year, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that was like, that wasn't even real. Yeah. And then 2021, 
and then this year. So this guy's got two and a half cracks at it, and you guys already know exactly his hand, right? That's, y'all are great. Well, maybe y'all should be the team. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you I know, know. I'm, I'm joking around, but I, one thing I do know about Haim is he's he's very methodical. He's not gonna he's not gonna do anything that he hasn't thoroughly thought out and talked with his people about. You know what I mean? Um, he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly genuine, uh, and. So no, I, I I wasn't surprised. You know, he 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 did his due diligence on a great player with a great track record, and hoping for a bright future as well. So I I wasn't surprised. I was I was thrilled, obviously. So um, I guess to answer your question in short, no, I wasn't surprised just because he's a smart guy and he got a good player. Yeah. All right, Chris, this is the last one for me. I I don't know how much you follow some of the other local teams, but you did talk about the the uh, Major League Baseball Players Union, and I think that you guys have the best union in all of sports. Jalen Brown, uh, who's very active in the NBA Players Union, who plays for the Celtics, talked about it's no one's um, right to know whether or not guys are vaccinated, and I know you guys dealt with that a little bit last year. How do you feel about you know, players saying, hey, listen, I shouldn't have to tell the media or tell anybody whether or not I'm vaccinated or unvaccinated. Ooh, another good question. At least it's past eight. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, right? And you know, that's, that's the beautiful thing about the country we live in. It's, you're free to make decisions on your own, mostly. You're free to have thoughts on your own. And I just think we're in a really weird time right now. You know, I, I've, I've never, growing up, it was never an issue. You know, I never had some of the questions asking me about some of these things. But, um, you know, hey, it's popular right now. It's, it's something that is prevalent in the news. It's been prevalent in the news for a couple of years. So, um, you know, me personally, I – you know, clearly I've, I'm very open and honest about where I'm at with everything. So uh, it doesn't bother me at all. I do think it's it's weird. It's a, it's a weird thing to want to know or feel like you have to know or for someone else to want to know about someone else. Um, but, hey, you know, different strokes for different folks. Just, it's not me, but if it is for someone else, that, that's that's their prerogative. That's, that's their right. So um, I don't care, but. Like I said, I do. I do think it's kind of weird for this, this, the want for it, I guess, about other people. Well, when you you know when you look at it specifically about the Brown situation, and I think this is ridiculous. There are some. If he is unable to play, for instance, if he's not vaccinated, he would be unable to play in the playoffs. Should the Celtics take on the Raptors in 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 Toronto? Would that be in your mind a? Because I think it's ridiculous that it's called this, but would that be a selfish thing uh, on the part of a player? Uh, again, I, you know, everyone is is entitled to their own opinion of that certain situation. You know, the the old saying one one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, you know, people some people think that you know it it's the the most important thing, and other people don't even think that it's on you know, the radar. So, um, you know, Hey, how can you tell me what food tastes good when, when I had it and I like the taste of it, you know, kind of thing. So you can't, can't really tell other people how to live their life or what to do. And I, 
I don't see it as being selfish. I just I, I think it's kind of a silly rule. But again, again, that is my opinion. That is not. Yep. That's just that's just how I feel. That's what I think. Um. So yeah, I, I think you you make the decision that's best for you and and what you think and, and you and you roll with that. And whatever happens, happens. And you better be you better but you get you better be ready to deal with those consequences. For me, by the way, the food answer is all of them oh. <laughs> taste good. No, we deal with that all the time. <laughs> Greg always tells us what's good and not good. <laughs> In case you were wondering. All right. Well, yeah. listen, uh, we can't wait till you get back. Yes. I'm sure you feel the same way. And um, I'm really glad that you took good the luck, time man. with yeah. us this morning. It's, it's always great having you on the show. And I hope that we will have you on again. Uh, once we get into the season here. So looking forward to Thursday and looking forward to you being back in Boston. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Chris Sale, and we will be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.